Hello, it's me, light entertainer Michael Legg from classic comedy podcast Do The Right Thing. But I've been listening to a different podcast recently. It's called In The Lap Of The Pods and it's a podcast about the band Queen. I love Queen and this podcast is delivered by three Queen fans who give their honest and objective views of their favourite band. You'll probably disagree with them a lot of the time, especially Paul. Listen to his opinions on Mustafa, it's mad, but it's okay. They're just three fans telling it as they hear it. There's one thing that's not in any doubt though, they love Queen. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Acast and many other podcast providers. You can also get more content at lappods.co.uk. It is what it is. Welcome to In The Lap Of The Pods Queen podcast with Paul, Joe and myself, David. Right, we are going to talk about A Night At The Odeon, so Queen's live concert from the Hammersmith Odeon in 1975, recorded on Christmas Eve. Before we do that, um, the website is live, so if you go to lappods.co.uk, you'll find some, some blogs from us, you'll find also Joe's cover of Stay In Power, very metallic cover, you'll get the link there to go and check that out on YouTube. We strongly suggest you do that because totally different take. And we've got Ian, um, what's Ian's second name? McCall. McCall. Ian McCall on vocals, um, singing away, doing his Freddy. And uh, yeah, check that out. So yeah, and we'll keep adding more stuff to the website as we go. It's by no means a finished finished product. So product, I sound like a commercial wanker, you know. But anyway, it's free. So That's there's it. no, no commercial yeah. stuff involved. It's free. Go there, check it out. Anyway, as usual, check us out um, on Twitter uh, at LapPods and keep talking to us and getting quite a few new uh, followers on that. So welcome to them if they're listening. It's all, it's all cool. We're getting quite, you know a few followers by the day. And if you like what we're doing, uh, please leave us a review on where, wherever you get your podcasts. That'd be really cool. And give us a wee shout if you've left a review so we get the chance to, to read it because we don't... We won't, be, won't be able to catch all the reviews unless you tell us where they are because there's so many podcast providers uh, out there. So let us know when you've left a review so that we can either look at it and go, man, we need to do better or we look at it and go, yep, we're sound. We've got it sewn up here, man. So, That's it. Absolutely, or, man. Or you can even just leave a review that just says, oh, do you know? It could be a so, simply a two-word review. Shit yeah. sandwich. Indeed, it could be. It could be, mate. You never know. Anyway, but uh, but we know we're fabulous, so um, I don't really care if you, you say we are or no, because we know it. As usual, shout out to the Deep Dive Podcast Network, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Skinner Reconsidered, Uriah Heat Podcast, which is the Magician's Podcast. Yes, go to write this night. <laughs> and uh, right. T-Bone Mathley as well, the governor himself. We asked this last time, I think I'm going to ask it again. Any new podcasts for you guys? Anything, you've, anything new you've been checking out? Any new ones? Um, no, not any new ones. Um, at the moment, no. all right, no bother. We'll move on then. Uh, clearly, waste our time asking that. Then, um, I did check out the Castable uh podcast, I've been kind of checking out, I'm just kind of randomly picking from them. You've got the Michael Leg one, which is really funny. I'm about to check out the Andrew O'Neill one, um, shortly, and I had the Dave Hill one on. Um, as well, so that's really cool. Check that out, the Castable podcast. Um, and there's an advert for it on the, the last uh, podcast as well. So, yep, give that a wee listen. Um, right, so we crack on and let's talk about this album or performance or whatever you want to call it. So, 
gig was filmed, as I said, on Christmas Eve, so the 24th of December, in case anyone doesn't know when Christmas Eve is. Just thought I'd put that in there. And it was originally broadcast by the BBC as part of the old uh, Grey Whistle Test. Um, and it was a broadcast on Radio 1 as well, so you had the audio and you had the the you know the, the, the live gig on TV as well, on BBC 2, I believe it was. Um, I actually had a copy of this gig because I recorded it off the radio in 1989. They were playing it. And you remember when you recorded gigs on a C90, you know, you record mm-hmm. a gig off the radio and you're watching the tape to see how much tape you've got left. And Aye. if you play a long <laughs> one, oh no, I'm playing a long one, I don't know if I've got enough tape. No. <laughs> Quickly <laughs> turn it, turn it. it. <laughs> yeah, and try and rewind it to the start and, you know, all that nonsense. So I, I was doing all, all that. All that good primitive shit. <laughs> exactly. So I actually still have the, the tape. Uh, it's probably still in my parents' house, actually, but I still have it on tape. And I actually transferred it to Minidisc years later, about 20 years ago or something. So I've got a Minidisc of it and I've got a... Uh, C90 tape of the gig taped off Radio 1. Um, so that's how I first heard the gigs. Um, and obviously, now we're talking about a release that was... It's only five years old, this release. So obviously, it's been remixed again, same as the Rainbow gig. And we now have it um, in a more official capacity, I guess. And uh, as as with the Rainbow release, it was remixed by Justin Shirley-Smith, Joshua J. McCray and Chris Fredrickson. Um, and I'm sure you'll agree, boys, they do another great job on this one. Um, mm-hmm. yep, really, absolutely. really, really thick sound on this man. It's really, really cool. And and you compare that to the mix I've got on said C90 tape, as a noticeable difference. It's it's definitely been paid attention to rather than just a, a, a radio mix, if you will. So yeah, it's it can only. I'm just thinking. Surely Brian and Roger must let these guys remix jazz. Just give them jazz. Let them <laughs> remix it. Yeah, that's that's good, great, good idea. Great jazz would sound. You know, yeah, that's I... possible. I would buy it. I don't care if it's a cash in. I would buy a remix version of Jazz. Oh, I, these guys. Yeah. You know, aye, I mean, 100, 100%. Aye, definitely. So come on, make it happen. Maybe we should start a petition or something. Eh, aye. Thing, so, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah. make it sound any worse. Let's put it that yeah. way, man. Separate <laughs> out, you know, the the dead on time riff and the, you know, let me entertain you riff, you know, yeah. so we can hear it properly, you know. It's even make, just a bit. Sorry, Joe. No, I'm just saying, and make the drums don't sound, you know, so they don't sound like pots and pans. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. I, I should put some that's, bass yeah. in the drums. That's that man, because when you hear the way they, these guys mix, they, they like the fat sound, they like a thick sound. So, mm. jazz with a thick sound. Come on, make it happen. Come on, Scotty. Um, anyway, right. So the band had already played Hammersmith Odeon. Um, I think it was the previous month, wasn't it? Was it or was it earlier in the month? They'd done four nights at the Hammersmith Odeon. So this was a this was them returning again as a week kind of you know part of the BBC broadcast and a week kind of Christmas present or whatever you want to call it to the fans. Um, if you bought the Blu-ray of the gig, you'll notice that there's two tracks missing. So yep. Seven Seas Awry and and See What a Fool I've Been are, are missing because they packed the cameras away. Um, before before the band played it, stay tuned so there's no live footage of them right? playing this. <laughs> That's what happened apparently. So so I don't know if it was like a, a union thing. No, no, we're just we're just meant to do an hour and we're up the road, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or a, a typical you nineteen know, seventies kind of work to rule situation, or it was just a oh shit. I didn't realise they were going to play two <laughs> more tracks, you know. I don't know what the situation was. Maybe somebody somebody can enlighten us on it, but mm. aye, that was a situation anyway. Um, so at this point, Queen were huge. So very, very different situation to what they were in, in the Rainbow Gig, which they were a successful band, no doubt about it. 
But the, at this point, a year later, they were absolutely huge. And that's because of Bohemian Rhapsody um, being number one. And it was number one at the time of actually them, them playing this gig. So so very, very different Queen to, to what we um, what we had the previous year. But interestingly mm-hmm. enough, a very similar set list. Really, mm-hmm. really similar set list to, to yep. what we got on uh, on the Rainbow gig. So let's let's uh, let's get your thoughts, uh, gents. I'll come to you. Uh, sorry, Joe, first actually. I don't know, man. It's like obviously being so close, you know, to to the Rainbow Show. It, it I mean, the, the differences are minute, you know, if any, especially in you know the the, the way they perform a lot of the songs and stuff like that. Um, I think uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I think there's a. Freddie's voices get a slightly more bite in this in this gig. I think he's singing. I think he's a bit more confident sounding in his vocals in this gig. Um, I think I'm not putting down his vocals in the rainbow because I think they sound amazing. They're, they're quite, they're, they, they, but they sound quite. Um, what's the word? They sound quite uh, not held back, but it sounds as if he's really focusing on what he's singing in the rainbow. Whereas in this, it sounds as if he's cutting loose a bit more. More of a vibe, he seems yeah. more relaxed in his, in his singing and his voice. His voice, I don't know if it's just the way they've mixed it, but his voice seems to be a bit sharper in this as well. It seems to be a bit, you know, we, we mentioned in the rainbow, his voice was quite thick. And this, it's got, it's got, it's got a kind of more of a, a mid sound to it. So again, I don't know if that's just been down to a mixing thing, but, uh, but I think his vocal performance for me is actually better on, on this. And again, that's not putting it down. I just think it's got more, like you were saying, more vibe on this. Maybe maybe the added confidence of, you know, them be, being number one and stuff. It's maybe, you know, puffed his chest out a bit more and, yeah. you know, gained more confidence through through the success of the Bohemian Rhapsody. But I really enjoy the show, man. I, I really do. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, um, it's, it's a different vibe from the, the Rainbow uh, concert more kind of celebratory, you know, it's Christmas Eve, they've got a number one, you know, single. They've had a the good year, yeah. They've had a probably half cut, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So, uh, whereas, uh, you know, the Rainbow Gig is like super focused, mm-hmm. you know, aggressive, you know, m- metal, you know, um. This is more, it's, it's more laid back, it's, you know, um, and it, but in no way are the, the, the band resting on the laurels, they still put, you know, this is still a stellar, you know, set. Um, but the, I think there is a difference in attitude um, between Rainbow and, you know, the Odeon. And it, and the sound as well is a slightly, you know, there is a difference. I think maybe even just down to the size of the venues. Obviously, the, the you know the Hammersmith is is a larger venue. I think it's about twice the size of the, the Rainbow and all that. So you know the acoustics and all that will be different. And um, but um, you know, I I think the yeah, in terms of focus, they're, they're, they're very different gigs, despite the fact that, you know, the, the songs are almost all the same, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, but, but it's, you know, it's, it's still amazing. Um, yeah. I'm kind of, um, I'm probably somewhere in between the two of you um, with this gig. How do you find the words? I think in, in some part of me, I think it's not as convincing as the, the Rainbow gig, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, 
But I actually take Joe's point about the vibe of it being a bit more, more of a kind of, uh, I guess just a, just a more of a vibe, really, to be honest, rather than, um, I can't, I'm getting no vocabulary, so I just can't find another word, so I'm just going to say vibe. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> confidence, <laughs> but, maybe a confidence or something. Yeah, yeah, no, possibly. And I think, um, and I agree, I agree with you on Freddie's voice because um, even like back to that said radio kind of, um, you know, recording his voice, that was the one thing I noticed. Um, about that recording, Freddie's voice is really, really sharp in the terms of not sharp in that he's singing and sharp of the the actual key of the song. It's it's sharp as it's cutting really through, yeah. like really, really right. as you said, yeah. Joe. Like the mids are really, mm-hmm. really, really sharp in the mix kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they've actually compared to the radio mix, they've actually rounded it off even even on this mix, so it was even sharper on the radio mix kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. I'm using the word the word sharp because I think at times um, Freddie is sharp of the key, especially in Bohemian Rhapsody. He 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 is struggling a wee bit when you actually listen to it. He's he's actually his voice is breaking, and he's actually some parts. He, he, I don't. I think he's just out of tune slightly. Um, and so I think it was a throat problem. I think he had a throat problem this gig. It's, it's in certain songs, not all of them. Because I think for the majority of the set, Freddie, as Joe rightly said, sounds sounds great. And I think there is more of a more of a vibe, a playful kind of playfulness to his voice in this gig. But uh, yeah, no, I think overall, I mean, it's it's you know, it's still an excellent gig. Right now, if you ask me, I still prefer Rainbow. But um, aye, this is this aye. this is an excellent gig still. And and as Paul pointed out, there's not much not much difference in. You know, we talked about that. You've got three songs of a difference, pretty much. You know, substituted for other ones. Um, it's a longer, obviously a longer set in Rainbow, but you've got uh, Brighton Rock, Bohemian Rhapsody, and See What I Feel I've Been, and all the other songs on it were on the Rainbow gig. So we, we've got we've got a band only a year year apart with these 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 differences because as Joe rightly pointed out, it's kind of like there's no, you know, it's pretty much as we were, you know, almost a wee bit. Um, get into get into these these kind of songs, um, right? I suppose like let's let's kind of delve into it a wee bit. Um, so, you know, the, the kind of the, well, it was their opening track for for quite a few years. Was now I'm here. So they start off with that, um, and before that, you've got you know Bob Harris introducing Queen, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Obviously for the TV for for the old Grey Whistle Test broadcast and all the rest of it. So that's really cool. And uh, we've got to, now I'm here. So let's start off with that. that um, they come in, with it, come in with that song. Anything particular that stands out in this one? No, really. If I'm honest, I mean, it's... Uh, again, man, it's it's a strong performance of the track. Uh, try to remember if there was any nuances that I, I recognised. It's maybe a wee bit faster. Than it is on the rainbow, I would on say it's maybe, a, a, yeah. aye, it's maybe a wee bit quicker. I'd agree with El Joe, I do. Yeah, yeah. But again, that I think that I mean being in a band and, and you know and, and toured quite a bit and stuff like that, you know, as you get more familiar with songs and stuff like that, you, they do you get you get more comfortable playing oh, them, so yeah. they do speed up. Yeah. Uh, and and it's not to the detriment of the track. I know us we said that now I'm here. We really loved it in the rainbow. Um, more than we do on the record because it was a bit slower and it, it was meatier and heavier, but. It still sounds great. It still sounds better than the album version. I still enjoy it. I, in fact, I'd yeah. probably just say, I just would go as far as to say that now I'm here is a song that when it's played live in the 70s, I really like. Because yeah. just every time yeah. I hear it in the 70s, I really like it. And again, in the 80s, obviously, that's a different story. You know, they, they dial yeah. back the guitar tone and it wasn't as aggressive and stuff. But 
But yeah, I can't really say there's that much a difference other than maybe the speed being a little bit quicker. Yeah. No, it's a really good uh, uh, good observation because, um, yeah, yeah, we did talk about the, the slowness of uh, Now I'm Here On, you know, and for, 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 for the better. Compared to the album version on uh, Rainbow, but um, I think I think there is there is a difference in, in tone as well. I think at times um, Brian's tone doesn't sound as as cr- crunchy as maybe it did on Rainbow. I think it sounded a bit more aggressive on the Rainbow gig, and I think on this gig for me, it, it at times has that vibe. At times, and I think at the start of now, I'm here's a wee bit like that. It just sounds a wee bit. Less, there's a, there's a bit less, yeah, a bit thinner. Um, yeah. So, and, and we're getting, I mean, that's really a geeky thing to say. It's not that important, but yeah. these are just wee things that I'm noticing on this gig that compared to, I mean, there's 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 one thing I, that's maybe a reason for that um, is the Rainbow gig was recorded by Roy, Roy Thomas Baker, right? So he recorded all the individual tracks for that. So I'm going to assume when the when these guys got hold of those tracks, they had everything absolutely completely separated out. Yeah, you know the whole There's lot. A, yeah, there, on one of the Queen sites, I can't remember which one. Um, there, there is a picture, and it's all the separate reels and it's oh, right, cool. right. drums. Right, cool. You know, um, ah, and right. there's about there's about twelve of them or something. There's an actual picture of the. The original reels, you know. Um, so yeah, you're right. It, it was cool. all separated out, you know, like that. But, but well, I think with this being being obviously recorded by the BBC, how much the separation was there is. So I think when these guys got hold of the tapes, realised, all oh, right, there's some bleed through on that, there's some bleed through on this. Mm. Actually, they've doubled up John's bass with the kick drum or something like, you know, whatever, you know, just to make it work on the. the so I think. When you listen to this, you, you you can't hear the separation that you heard on the Rainbow gig. So in terms of like you know maybe that that EQing that we talked about on that maybe wasn't quite possible yeah. as much on this because the EQ one thing and if there's two tracks on the one track or two two instruments on the one track you're going to affect the other one. But if you so yeah. just a guess, complete guess. Yeah. Um, but in terms of separation, of sound and and that's why to me, especially in Brian's tone, it sounds like. It's really, really, really thick at times, and other times it's really, really not. You know, mm-hmm. so compared to the Rainbow gig, you know, so that's just a wee, a wee thing. But yeah. um, in terms of the performance, you know, the, the opening track, it's still, it's still Queen, and it's still absolutely uh, smoking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything else, Joe? Any, any other points? Uh, but to say yeah. overall, or anything, anything sticking out for you? Um, I would, I would say, um, playing wise, um, I think Roger. Is fucking immense in this gig, man. I actually think he's, he plays better on this gig than he does than he does in the the Rainbow Show. It's so it's so tight, man. No, again, it's not that the Rainbow Show he isn't tight, but in this is just on fire, man. It's like so his hands are so quick, and there's a bit in um, what song is it? It's one of the medley tracks. I think it's uh, Jailhouse Rock. Where it starts speeding up, and speeding up, and he's wearing that stupid. He's got the no, the, the, wig. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the wig on. And honestly, the, 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 I don't know if you guys noticed this part, but he's the, he's he's playing like a kind of which is quick, right? But it's called and it goes almost double. It goes to double bass pace, and he's doing it with one kick, and it's just like the guy is phenomenal, man. Rogers really a standout. Uh, you know, and this this gig for me, I think he's playing phenomenal. 
and I think his voice, his voice is always shit hot anyway, man. He's you know yeah. the guy, the guy's a great singer. But yeah, I really, really impressed with his, with his actual performance in this gig, man. I thought it was absolutely smoking. Whereas I, I meant to say when we did the, the, did in the Rainbow, and I can't, you can't disrespect anybody for doing this, but you actually hear him make a couple of mistakes in the Rainbow. Yeah. Like whereas in this show, you don't hear him make any mistakes, and that that's not a that's not a diss. I mean, yeah. live music's no, live no, music. No. Especially yeah, if you're a drummer, you know, sticks get caught under symbols when you're hitting them yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. That shit happens, you know, but yeah. There's, there's a couple of bits, uh, it's interesting you say that, Joe, actually, because just not to talk about another gig, but obviously talking about the rainbows, a couple of bits just is in, in during Farley to Sun, it's almost an uncertain but kind yep, of stops, you know what I'm talking about, and it's just, yeah, like, and the drum's almost like, Meg is back in again. It's yep, almost yep, like he, that's it. he's not ended that bit convincingly. He moved to the next bit. It's just almost like a stutter to stutter. You know, yep. so, so I know what you mean. I know there's a couple of bits, but overall, I yeah. And yeah. this, this show, he's he's smoking, yeah. man. It's like ah, he's yeah. so so tight, so fast, man. The guy, yeah. the guy should be mentioned in one of the best as one of the best rock drummers. It's criminal why yeah. he isn't, man, because he, he's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's weird because nobody in Queen Bar Freddy's ever really in the conversation of the greatest. Eh? It's it's bizarre. It's, well, it's really bizarre, I suppose Brian is now, I suppose. But yeah, ah, he's starting to get the recognition. nearly 50 years yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. To, to get the that's recognition he deserved back then. That's like true. Paul said that in, a, in another pod, and he was bang on. He said the guy should have got the recognition back then, but now he's getting yeah. the recognition, and he's he's not even, he's not, I mean, the guy's old now and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah. He's not a guitar player he used to be, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but sticking on Brian May, actually, um, it was interesting because it was ahead of this release, you know, this recent release, recent mix and all that in 2015. And it, it's really it's really interesting. This was, a, this was an article for the Rolling Stone. They were picking up on it. And this quote is really, really interesting. Um, I'll, I'll read it out and see what you think of it. And it might, it might spark something um, that we previously talked about. So let's, let's, let's see how we go with this. So. Anyway, so this is Brian May in 2015 looking at this gig. So he's watching the footage of the gig, looking at himself. Uh Um, I look very serious and the body language is so different now. I was quite shy in those days. There was a lot of noise and energy in my playing, but my body is different from the way I am now. These days I I feel a channel in the body towards the noise that's coming out. But in those days, it looks like it just comes from nowhere. True. Mm. Aye, well, that's that whole Brian May didn't get recognised. We feel that he didn't get recognised because he wasn't throwing shapes like Jimmy Page and, mm. and like Blackmore was doing. You know, these guys were jumping, especially Blackmore, man. He was jumping about the place, throwing guitars behind his head, you know, doing all sorts of crazy shit. And I totally agree, and I think you'll agree with that. You know, we did say that before, that Brian May just really looked very serious, for a lack of a better word. Just really focused, focused. And see, to be honest, that's all that matters. It's what's coming out. It's what's, what Paul said that as well. It's what, you're looking at the guy and what's coming out. He's uh, coming out. He's he's amps, just not portrayed in how he's moving. Yeah. If you know what I mean, like the guy, like I would be wanting to, like you know, kill somebody Aye. with aggression. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. But obviously. Uh, but he uh, looks like yeah. he's, you know, talking about, in a math equation about, or something. We're talking about violence and murder a lot, and we're talking about these gigs, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, 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 was the, this was the heavy metal years, man. So. It was indeed, that's true. 
Um, I just thought that was when I saw that quote because we talked about that, you know, uh, exactly what you said, Joe. You know, if we, if we had that sound come out, we would be like, I want the whole world to know. <laughs> you know this is coming out. It, it just, it's just funny how he says it. It's, it's like it's coming from nowhere. And we did say that. He's just sitting there. There's this molten steel coming out of the speakers right. and he's just sitting all focused. And, you know, yeah. so I, when I saw that, I was like, that's, that's kind of. That, that clarified what really, we thought. Exactly. Thought. You know, it, it, and obviously now he'll, he'll, he'll have to do the big arm, you know, swings and all that when he's putting out cords and uh, good, whatever, you know. But uh, I know, really, really, really interesting. Um, during March of the Black Queen, again, going back to the, the, main, the, sorry, the radio um, broadcast, when Freddie sings, uh, I rule with my left hand, I rule with my right, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes out with that, it's the first line he sings because I'm a medley, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but see, I rule with my left hand, that's not on the radio mix, and I always noticed it. So it's All like right. he, should, mm. he should sing it, and then it just goes, I rule with my right, I'm Lord of what. So you're missing ah, that first right, line. Okay. So it's, it's just a wee bit of trivia because the radio mix doesn't have that line, but clearly the record, what was going to tape, caught Freddie, but the live ah, broadcast didn't catch the line. It's just, that's it's just weird, isn't it? Just a, just a wee bit of kind of useless that's cool. nonsense. No, that's, <laughs> that's cool. Aye, cool. So my, my tape, Freddie, doesn't sing that line. <laughs> it's, it's just, I rule with my right. So anyway, just a. But a nonsense trivia. So anyway, so there you go. Um, stick with Freddie. Actually, um, I, I, I was looking for reviews of this gig. Just you know, reviews, no contemporary reviews, actual reviews at the time. You know, um, um, of the gig, and I could only find one from Sounds, and you know, uh, for the gig, <laughs> and it's back to this devil stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, so 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 it, it quotes about Freddie. His satanic face pouts and postures. <laughs> satanic face? <laughs> You're like, man, did everybody in the city just think Freddy was like the second, you know, coming out of Satan or something, or, you know, it's like... <laughs> looking for 666 knees napper. <laughs> does it does look quite evil? Right. It looks exotic, exotic. exotic. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and it's really, they really kind of you know, sharp, sharp features. Fit. You know, big, ah, yeah, big, yeah. big cheekbones, big cheekbones. You know what I mean? Aye. Like he's quite, uh, he's quite That's a striking, guy. striking looking dude. You know what I mean? He's no, your, he's no a peely wally, shite. You know, rocker guy for the from that kind of time period. You know, typically. Aye. Aye, like like Aussie or something, you know what I mean? Got hanging all the trousers. But um, you know, so no, I just thought, and uh, see, this is new to me. This is this is this. You know, having done this podcast, we talked about the first couple of albums, and you know, and then talking about this era Queen again. You know, for a second time, I suppose for us, and that's what this is all new to me. This whole. Freddie being satanic. I think it's because you're looking back at all the interviews from the time and you're going, this is, this is a whole new thing for me. That, you know, there, is a, there, there is a lot of lyrics though, man. Like there, there's, yeah. like, there's a lot of devil and beast, with, you know, yeah. that we mentioned. Even in Beamer Raps itself. So you can and, you know, the devil put aside and all this. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely rocking the Satan, man. In fact, have you seen that? Have you noticed that there's an interview from, I'm going to say, oh, when we did, it looks like it's from. Uh, I don't know, maybe 75, something like that. Maybe around about the, the kind of day of the races sort of vibe time. And, and the guy that's interviewing him 
It's the one where he wears the Nixon mask. You know the interview I'm talking about where Freddie has the Nixon oh, mask. Oh, that on. was that. Oh, that was a bit later. I think that was seventy-seven. Uh, seventy-seven. Time. Seventy-seven. Aye, was aye. Yeah, aye, yeah. and and it gets mentioned in that. The is it, is it, I can't remember who's interviewing him, but I think it was Bob guy, Harris. It was like Bob Harris. Ah, yeah, 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 because he went yeah. he went on tour with him, didn't he? That's right. In that yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, he mentions it as well. You know, he says the, the, the you know, he says about the Belzebub thing, and Freddie's like, I just like the word. So it's just ah, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's obviously been a thing in the seventies where people have brought it up. But yeah, I'm the same as you. It, it was never on my radar. Obviously, you know, I wasn't I wasn't alive in in, in the mid seventies. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah aye, no, it's weird. It's strange. It's really, no, it's really funny. Um, uh... And and I think even even coming back to kind of the, the lyrics and the the, the style of the come back to Ogre Battle when he obviously introduces it, we're now gonna take you to the battlefield and then you've got the feedback and the you know the atmospherics uh, building up. But I mean you know, I know we've talked about metal a lot in the, the you know, the Rainbow podcast, but how metal can you get? You know, we're only gonna to go to the battlefield and you're talking about <laughs> battles with ogres and all that, you know, this big <laughs> like this big molten steel riff. It's it's, it's it's heavy metal incarnate, man. It's like it's like it's like, uh, I, it's like Dungeons and Dragons heavy metal, but well, bef- well before you know before, it became a thing. It was a thing before Dio. I mean, Dio was still cutting about, but he wasn't doing his Dungeons and Dragons thing yet. You know, it's, it's... aye. And another thing as well, I, d- I don't know if this is true. Uh, I meant to say this to you guys at the time. Um, it might be bullshit, but I heard somewhere apparently that. Around about this time, Freddie was toying with writing a, a, a like a novel or something like that. Have you guys heard this this rumor? No, I'm not heard and that it was like a like a fantasy novel, right? But okay. it may be total shit. So if anybody's listening to this and knows more about that, it'd be no. you know if you can clear it up. No. But, but it makes sense because his lyrics were veering towards that sort of thing. Aye, really. that kind of the, the, the fantasy yeah. vibe. And all aye, that. Aye, aye, that's the thing. I mean, in t- just I just thought because we. We probably talk about the music a lot um, in, in the, the Queen pods, but we probably don't delve lyrics, too, yep. too yeah, much into the lyrics as, as, as much. Um, but even listening to, you know, I've, I've, and I think you you were touching kind of on it on the Queen 2 pod, podcast, uh, Joe. When you listen to White Queen, um, either live or on the record, and I know Paul, remind me again, this was about someone they went to college with. Was it White Queen or were they getting mixed up with another uh, song? That's right. That's some, right. some girl, Brian, uh, Brian fancied it. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. No, yeah. So, so so to me, that sounds like a very modern taking love and all the rest of it. But yeah. when I listen to it, I, I think it's some Tudor set up. And, yeah, yeah. I, yeah and, I, you I, know, I, it's... Some sort it's, of medieval thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, yeah and, it's, and, and that's the thing. That's the, when I listen to White Queen, I just... You know, you could you could see the video getting made and all the... Tudor uh, costumes. Well, bro, would be a wee bit later, right enough. But, but uh, can I have the Tudor thing, you know, where it's just all walking about, you know, with the, <laughs> you know, the, the big gardens. The top, with the, the top hats and stuff like that. And yeah, with the mist and all that, you know. Top yeah, hats I, and the Tudor times. Well... <laughs> I don't fucking know what's going to be the other time. Is that no crisps? Judah, But you know, I mean, it's kind of like you talked about it in as well, Joe, about the you know the Berry Fellers Master Stroke and all that. You can picture you know, Freddie yeah. in the song. You can Aye. hear, you know, and and I think White Queen for me and the Queen Two itself has just got that kind of vibe. It takes you back. It, it takes you back hundreds of years ago, even though it's a modern well. I think it, I think it's got a lot to do with it, you know, the, the, the keys that the songs are in and stuff like that mm. as well. Yeah, I know yeah. that they're, they're written in that 
that that sort of vibe, that mode yeah. or whatever you want to say, you know, they're, they're in that, that vein, you know. Yeah. And I think, I mean, quite possibly Brian's taking that, you know, that, um, you know, whatever you want to call it, and, you know, he's been mesmerised by a, a you know, a girl in college and he's, he's, he's turned into almost like a fantasy situation because when, when Freddie sings, you know, the, the White Queen walks as the night grows pale, I just see somebody, uh, you know, I just picture some... some a long dress. Big, you know, a, big long white dress and the mist and all that, you know, it's all kind of fat. In my head, it's all kind of fantasy. And oh, totally, like, you know, but, it's, 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 but definitely, it's written to, to uh, evoke that, that image yeah. in your head. Because I, I get exactly, exactly the same thing. Uh, uh, the best, fa- it's fantastic on this, isn't it? Uh, that that uh, I I messaged what, you guys. One of the highlights, definitely. Earlier, I think it was earlier uh, yesterday or something when I was listening to it, and I was like, "It's fucking gorgeous on this man." And if I, this this is that's my favourite song in this set. And Aye, it's, it's do you know what? It so might be mine as well, Joe. So yeah. beautifully played. It's beautifully mm. sang. It's just like the, the, so, the, the solos, exquisite. I all, all the piano playing yeah. as well, while the solos going and yeah, it's, just be- it's a beautiful piece of music, man. It's it really is. It's yeah, gorgeous, it's, man. Uh, it's like a it's like, it's, all, it's like a piece of classical music almost. Aye. It's like just the way Aye. it's played. It's just it's beautiful. The arrangement of it. Aye, aye, aye. aye. It's very, very. Uh, it's very different and more sophisticated than like see your Led Zeppelins and your oh, Deep Purples and your Black Sabbath yep. man I, I like, like um, as much as I, as I love Sabbath and you know stuff like that they, you know those bands the Queen were a different trip man it was a different thing and that's not that's not to say that you know it diminishes you know the things that either, either any of the bands did no, it's no. A, but it's a but it's a different world. It's a di- they're, yeah. they're, they're they're using different keys, different vibes. You know that, that these rock bands were solely blues based, heavy. But that Queen Queen weren't weren't playing in those types of realms, if you like, in music. They were, yeah. they were delving into different things. Yeah. You know? Um, I, one thing that's that's, I guess, um, kind of, I find really interesting. I suppose. Is you had that live broadcast in 1975, so so Night of the Opera was a huge album because you know it was out I think two months end, end of October, if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think it was end of October. It was late in the late in the year anyway. I think it was end of October. So yeah, it's been out a couple of months. It's obviously been number one. Might even have still been number one. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, but certainly Bohemian Rhapsody was number one at the time. And you've got this this live gig. You know, so everybody's tuning in. Queen are the hot band at the, that moment. And everybody's tuning in, and then they play this set. <laughs> it's kind of it's, you know, because I think the operas came out. You had you know, my best friend on there. Um, you know, uh, you had you know, loving my car and, and loving my car. You, you had all these more accessible tunes. Watching a band doing doing all the all the as we said a very similar set to to the Rainbow mm-hmm. Rainbow gig, and you're thinking. Again, the, 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 I wonder who watched that at the time, who was just getting into Queen and maybe just knew A Night in the Opera, watched that gig and went, all right, okay, jeez. Uh, that's, that's, that's I didn't realise they were a metal band. You know? <laughs> it's like, you know. Well, um, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? We spoke about that before. It's like, I mean, especially when you watch, you know, The Rainbow and the songs that they chose to play, and it's like, it's very misleading. Like, if, you know... <laughs> If you're uh, if you, if you, if a Queen or something, if Killer Queen is yeah, a single, yeah, yeah. you know, you might think, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm into a sort of, you know, a, the Bowie realm or something like that, you know, yeah, where it's yeah, a little bit yeah. more accessible, like rock and stuff like that. And then you go and it's, 
it's very much a, a modern taking heavy metal. You know, it's faster than the, the, like we mentioned. I don't want to go over the same ground, but it's faster than yeah, yeah. it's more faster punchy, than the majority of bands. Yeah. Aye, yeah, yeah. What yeah. crazy time changes, you know, and stuff like that. And, and I, I mean, my only the only thing I'm thinking of because um, remember we talked about in the night of the opera podcast is that. Um, you know, certainly Brian's working on the Prophet song right up to almost the release of the album, you know, ah, yeah, you know right, right, yeah. within weeks of the release of the album. So mm-hmm. my guess is they were working so close to the deadline that they really didn't have time to really rehearse the stock aye. songs on the album other than Bohemian Rhapsody, really. Refine them. You know, so, they, didn't even aye, play, so. they didn't even play the full I mean, that was yeah. their big hit. They didn't even play the full track. So yeah, that just shows yeah. you, that backs up what you're uh, saying about they yeah. probably didn't have the, they hadn't played well, it enough they, live. They would never play the middle bit right enough anyway, obviously. They no, but they, didn't even, but they didn't do the, they didn't even do the heavy part. They only did the, the start piano part and then the end piano part and the medley. They didn't do the... Joe, you're right. Sorry, mm-hmm. mate. Ah, you're absolutely right. Because they just uh, came back to the, nothing really. Aye, aye, and that was, and right, that was, right, and that right, was, yeah, and yeah. That, and a lot of folk that are, I, I, well observed, they've been there to see that song and they didn't even play it. Which is oh, well observed, because I just ran it through my head. I was like, no, they must have played it. But no, you're right, because no. March of the Black Queen, and it's right in the... Ding, 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 yeah, ding, yeah, ding, aye. Nothing really... Aye, right. Jeez, yeah. that's, that's kind of like... So so you've got your, so there you aye. go. You've got your... At, at that time in Queen's career, right, that they had... Uh, Killer Queen was their first real big hit, right? And then Bohemian Rhapsody was like, like stratospheric. It was ridiculous, right? And then they decided to put those two songs in a medley. They didn't actually play them, yeah. which is... Which is a bit bizarre. The TV, but, which yeah. is the two biggest songs that they chose to do Ogre Battle in its entirety and Son right. and Daughter in its entirety. But the two big singles yeah. they got. Again, I don't know if that's a. I don't know if that, like you were saying, David, it might have just been that, you know, the song's very still very new to them. Yeah, and they yeah, were just yeah. like, maybe, maybe no get it together live properly, you yeah, know? Yeah, because, I mean, the tour, the, I think the tour was pretty much hard up against the release of the album, you know, the, certainly the UK tour. And, um, so I, I don't, I, my guess is they just really didn't have the time to refine those songs aye, and, and get aye. them in the set yet. Because, obviously, as we said, when you get to 76... You know, Death and Two Legs is in the set, Sweet Ladies in the set, and all the, all these kind of things. Aye, so, love it, my car. 39's in it as well, isn't it? 39, you're right, Paul. Yeah. Aye, aye. So aye, aye, so, aye, those, aye. Those, so that's, that's, yeah. I, well, it I, probably is not a massive stretch of the imagination to think that that's, that's exactly oh, but, uh, the, uh, uh, why, you uh, know, so. You're definitely right. I mean, aye. through experience, it's, you know, it's, you know, when you release an album and then you go, go out and tour, it'll always take maybe a couple of months before you start to, you know, just eat, tease, the kind of tease new the, songs the new in. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, Aye, because, yeah. Because as it's fresh, you've just recorded it, you know, you don't Aye. know the cute, you don't really, uh, you don't feel I have, I've with spent it. all the time actually recording, getting all together in the studio, but playing it live is, is a different beast than a different animal. Yeah, they, were, they, were, they were probably struggling with that middle section, what to do there as well at that point in their career, that yeah, the, the operatic section. So ah, they knew they thinking, couldn't play it, but how do you... Ah, but how do we get around it ah, and stuff? Yeah, do we yeah, use yeah. a tape? They might have been, because Queen were very much a live band, they maybe struggled with that, you know, you know saying, well, do we really want to use a tape? Because we're a live band. They did, obviously, but maybe which kind of, I don't know how you guys, always kind of made me think, like, why? Because were, I think they could have still I done that, that part pretty well live, man. It's, I mean, oh, okay, uh, I mean. don't know. I don't know, man. They could have, I mean, okay, it's not going to have every multi-layered part, but it, I think it could have still have been pretty decent, you know. It wouldn't have, I don't uh, think it would have been shit but, or anything. 
But I swear they loved to hear that. Just fuck you. I told you. Maybe they did, but possibly they maybe did. They maybe they tried it. Yeah. it and went, do you know yeah. what? This sounds abysmal. You know? Sounds a bit <laughs> stupid. Possibly. I mean, it, it, it never made any difference to me that they went off stage and came back on for that part. Like, no, not, not at all. Yeah, but, 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 that, but again, that's backing up what you're saying. It, you know, very new track to them at that point in their career. And maybe thinking, yeah. well, what are we doing with that middle section? We'll just, I'll tell you what, we'll just, we'll just do a medley and do the parts that we're yeah. Where, you know, we can perform live well at this point. Um, so Brighton Rock, so that's a that's that's we we get that in the set uh, where it was absent on uh, uh, the Rainbow Gig, and it goes into the the big famous guitar solo, then into Son and Daughter. Um, Paul, Brighton Rock, um, you've got you've, you you. You've got it in the set now, and and you've got Freddie singing it, um, and uh, and and his normal register as opposed to the the falsetto. Nah, better, nah, nah. worse, just different. What do you think? Uh, better actually for me. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, more aggressive. Um, it seems to fit better with the riff as well. Mm-hmm. The totally the fact that the riffs just, ugh, you know, that nah. chugging. Oh, it's fucking amazing, man. Um, and that's before you get into the guitar solo, you know. Um, just metal, just pure, pure, un- unadulterated metal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's chromium plated boiling metal. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob Halford's on the phone, he wants his lyrics back. Blasting man. bolts of fucking steel. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's so good, man. And, and the solo as well. Uh, just amazing. I mean, I. I uh, what is it? He plays a little nursery rhyme or something, doesn't he? In the middle. No, uh, he, he, oh, what one is what it? Is again? it? <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, he does. He does. I should have took a note yet, but he, he does. does oh, right. that's terrible. Yeah. I forgot as well. Um, yeah, uh, amazing stuff. Uh, you know, but, but I, when I. When I was uh, getting into Queen, this Brighton Rock, the Brighton Rock solo, you know, any time Brian did it was a, was a big highlight, you know, um, and it still it still excites me, and I'm 48 now, you know, um, and it's it's beautifully played on here, and it's good, but it is good to hear it in the context of the full song as well, you know, mm-hmm. um, and Fred, and, and I do prefer the way Freddie sings it live to. The, the record definitely yeah. yeah no no I think I agree with that as well um, and you know as Joe rightly pointed out about Roger's performance in this whole gig but in this song wow, it's phenomenal a total showcase Aye. for his for his playing this this song and I think we talked about it in the, the Sheer Heart Attack podcast as well that you find the isolated track of this isolated you, Aye. Aye, you hear, you hear how good Roger's drums are Aye. you know um, and, and drumming is um, but it's just, it's just, it's great to hear it. You know, Brighton, Brighton Rock's a, a great tune. It's, um, I think we talked about it. You know, I, I think we we'll, we certainly asked the question. I think in the the, the sheer heart attack podcast, it's, it was a, is this a bizarre opener? Because you're effectively got, you know, as you know, um, so, you know, as as a song, and it's a kind of, to me, it's it's kind of, I, I don't know about you guys, but it, it's. It's kind of like it's a, it's a song, but it's no a song at the same time. It's, it's something almost it's like got it's a strange structure. It's, it's more it's more an, an arrangement. 
than a song. Right. It's, I don't know. It's probably it's, 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 it's like they've just written something to ground Brimey's guitar solo. Yeah, possibly. But but the stuff that I don't mean that to you know to to listen ah, ah, the, the yeah, track. Yeah. I think the track's great, but there's no not really that much. It is just bright. Well, it's called bright and rock, right? It's it's meant ah, to be. It's a showcase for him to play. You know, ah, and I put that. But it is still good. The whole I love the whole track. Yeah, great. Um, so, uh, I mean, just looking down the set list, I mean, again, very, very similar to to, to uh, Rainbows we've said about, well, I've said about 10 times now. Um, so you've got Now I'm Here, Ogre Battle, White Queen, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Killer Queen, March of the Black Queen, and back to Bohemian Rhapsody, so that's your medley there. Then you've got Bring Back Leroy Brown, the wee kind of instrumental bit that they do that, uh, and Brian doing his wee ukulele bit again. Yep, fantastically well. Then you've got Brighton Rock into the guitar solo as well, and then Son and Daughter. Um, and Son and Daughter, it's, it's, just, it's, it's quite interesting how you've got Brighton Rock with the guitar solo, and then into Son and Daughter. It's almost like they married the two, nah, two of them songs together. together, you know. Um, yeah. One example, like, I know I'm taking the class of this podcast right down when I say this, but Joe will know what I'm talking about. You know, you've got the end of Chemical Warfare by Slayer. And I saw them do that live in Italy. They, they just met, met the two together, and it was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, mate, um, you're not bringing this podcast down, man. Slayer ruled. <laughs> well, they ruled. So fuck anybody that doesn't <laughs> like Slayer. They ruled up to, ni- they ruled well, up to 1994. Yep, I told Divine Intervention, and then, uh, yeah, and then they, could, they could have, I uh, forget it. I. A few moments, but no, no many. No many. Um, but anyway. That's us just lost all our listeners now because uh, nobody will like Slayer. If you like Slayer, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know your favourite Slayer know, stuff. I let us know your favourite Slayer album. <laughs> um, so you've got that, which I thought was really cool. It's almost like, a, you know, it used to belong in Son and Daughter. They wrote this mm. new song around it and they've actually put Son and Daughter in. Just a, another wee kind of always wink at the camera a wee bit kind of thing. You've yep. got uh, No Lap of the Gods in there, the revisited version. Um Big Which Spender again, which is superb, you're right there, uh, Paul. Big Spender again, I got another one of these kind of, but you're yeah. thinking Christmas Eve, party time. Ah, uh, you, uh, you, know, you get it, aye. You know. Get the sex dolls down for the ceiling. That's right, they were awful. Aye, <laughs> uh, that's right, aye. Uh. <laughs> the part, actually, the, the part's really good, that you can tell he's getting more confident. Oh, aye, aye, uh, definitely. Uh, that Compared was a point I was going to there's some difference a year makes in, in terms uh, of his confidence with the, the audience. You can in help fact, us out by taking all your clothes off and stuff like that. Aye, and in the Rainbow gig, um, he's, he's more or less referring to the first couple of rows, whereas... As projecting, he's like, use the balcony. Come on, let's you know he's bringing Aye. everyone in. Aye. So you know the the, the evolution and and, and his uh, ability to to capture a crowd. You know, uh, yep. Starting, starting, starting to come in his own. Then, aye, aye. Uh, all great men do that. You know, they they take the whole audience and and they 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 reduce them. Yeah. You know, um, it's no matter how big the audience is, you yeah, can get to yeah, everybody they, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, you can reach yeah, yeah. everyone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely, yep. Totally yeah, was definitely the master of that, eh? Yeah. About that. Um, then, you've got, then you've got the encore, which is Seven Seas Awry and See What a Fool I've Been. Um, See What a Fool I've Been is that kind of interesting what they play because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure all, you, all, you all know it, out there that that's the B-side of uh, Seven Seas Awry. And... Um, We've not actually reviewed. See what I feel I've been, um, because we've not no talked about it ever. 
Um, so this is the first time. So why don't we talk about that? Why don't we talk about that as a song? Um, Paul, you've not said enough in this podcast. It's been me and Joe pretty much for this whole ah, podcast. I'm sorry about that, mate. Right, it's just I'm offending stuff. everybody about Slayer and stuff like that. And... <laughs> just because just Paul's a boring bastard and maybe that's what he's got to say. So. And I'm a loud uh, bastard, so... <laughs> uh, see what so I mean? because I mean, it's a, it's a blues track, so you're yeah. the blues man. So it's, it's, I, I agree with song. Um, it was all, it's always a kind of favourite of mine. Um, I think my brother Brian had, he bought the single... Uh, I think you did have the Keep Yourself a Life. No, no, see what? No, Seven Seas Are I. Seven Seas Are I, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Seven Seas Are I. Um, and uh, that was the way we, we heard it, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a cool wee song. You know, pretty basic 12 bar blues thing. Um, but yeah, well played, uh, brilliantly sung, cool lyrics, you know. I don't see the I don't see the significance uh, mentioning that the, there's 16 carriages in the train, but I don't understand 16 carriages. <laughs> oh, uh, right, okay, Freddie, whatever. You know. I, I, something tells me Brian May wrote the lyrics to that man. <laughs> I may be uh, I may be wrong, right? Ah, you, you probably did. Aye. Fact, I, I, who wrote this? Who idea? wrote this? I thought it. I, I just assumed it was Brian Freddy. I, I used to keep talking and I'll Google it. Google, um, Google that shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It, 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 you know, it starts off kind of slow and all that and then it you know, gets quite heavy near the end. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And, uh, uh, you know, could I have made it in, into an album? I, I actually could... You, you could see it sitting in... Um, sheer heart attack actually. Yeah, take so. take. Uh, ah, it probably suits that more than it would Queen too. Yeah, take yeah. maybe misfire out and put see what a fool. Aye, it wouldn't be I, the worst thing. You know? I think I think um, I, I'm the same as you. I, I like I like the track, man. I think it's a good track. Um, but if anybody was pointing a, a, a finger at Queen um, at all about having a Led Zeppelin comparison. I can hear it. Ah, I can, well, I can, I can, you can hear see it that, yeah. that track. Aye. Um, yeah. Aye, yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. But I don't really, I don't really hear it in anything else that you know that Queen ever did. Like we spoke about before, the, the Queen are much more sophisticated in their musical arrangement and their, their playing. I don't care about how hard John Bonham hit, hit the drums. You know what I mean? Um, that's not what, and I'm not. Again, don't nobody. He's a great. He's a great. He's a great drummer. But I'm aye. talking about. Um, you know, actually compositions and stuff, and writing, writing, yeah. you know, songs and stuff like that. You know, Queen were way ahead of their time, but that song reminds me of Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good shout, Joe, because you, you, you know, I, I can definitely hear it. Um, it's a Brian May song, so oh, Brian May, um, nah, Brian May wrote that. it, and uh, just a wee bit of thing. I'm just, I'm just on very lazily didn't do any research on this song before the podcast. We'll so just do it right now. Do um, it, right now, do it live. <laughs> so, um. Uh, we bit of trivia on it. It uh, was inspired by That's How I Feel, a blues song by Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. So that was the inspiration for the song. Well, um, Led Zeppelin probably ripped that off because that's what they were good at doing. So, <laughs> and, and, and inadvertently, it sounds like Led Zeppelin. So, yeah. Aye, so <laughs> second hand. Um, second hand, aye. 
So as, as, as credited as being written in 1968, actually, so this is possibly another one of those ones Brian had, had in the can at the late, the late 60s. So, so yeah. Um, so I, I, I love the bit, um, and it's, it is just a, a blues drag, blues crawl type, um, type you know, uh, tune, but I, I, I really like it. And again, coming back to vocals, we talked about that uh, Brighton Rock um, there, we talked about that. I think we talked about Stone Cold Crazy and the vocal delivery on that compared to on the Rainbow Gig and that kind of thing. I'm again the same. The 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 vocal delivery on this on the actual studio version isn't as good as the way Freddie sings it live. So again, Freddie's again, you know, sings it better live than he does on the studio version um, for this. And I love the bit the do 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 You know, I just I love that bit because again, we talked about the tone maybe being buried, but on that bit, it just sounds crushing. Yeah, but that's just a blues blues bit, but it's just a really thick, thick bit. Aye, um, just on um just on the um the fact that's a B side, um just, just to put it out there. We we've been thinking about and we've talked about this for a wee while now, but we're thinking about actually taking a crawl through all the B sides of Queen. So that would start us off, see what I feel I'd been would be the first one we'd tackle. And then we move on to a human body, which is actually a lot of years later, and then take it from there up to up to their final B side. Um, so it's something we talked about, and if that's something that's interesting anybody, let us know. Because we shout on Twitter and say, "No, that's a terrible idea. The B sides are rotten, or nah. <laughs> you know, whatever." But I'm really no. There's actually a lot of good stuff in there. So Soul, Bro- Soul Brothers better than anything on the Miracle Man. Let the hate mail come. <laughs> Controversial, certainly better than all, most of the tracks. Anyway, it's better. Aye, okay, aye, it's, it's not better than everything, but it's better than most of it. <laughs> Can I disagree, brother? Mate, so brother, so brother, so brother, right on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, I, I, I think that would be a good bit of fun to get through all those the, all the B sides and, and do that. So that's something that's <clears throat> like we could do. Then let us know. Um, but we'll, to be honest, we'll please ourselves first. It doesn't really matter what you <laughs> think. Right. Exactly. Thanks for listening on all that, but don't try and influence what we do, right? <laughs> all right. Let's get this clear. Glad these boys have lost it now. I'm, I'm, nice, I'm unplugging. <laughs> um, so, is there much more to say about this gig? Is there, is there anything else we want? We need to we need to talk about with this gig. Um, it was always going to be. Difficult from the point of view of, of, of the fact that it's very similar to, to the Rainbow Gig in terms of set lists. So, um, anything else to say? Um, the version of Liar on this is I prefer to the one in Rainbow. And it's because mm. of the way Freddie sings it. It sings it with more venom. so aggressive. Um, the way he's, I mean, even at this one point, he goes, Liar! Aye, aye, totally, aye. Totally. That's really weird dimension. That's like proper death metal. There you go, man. You had it right here. They vetted thrash and death metal. Death metal vocals. So they vetted the next version of thrash as well, as well as the original version. So so Napalm Death, just sit sit down, man. Napalm Death didn't invent it. Freddy did. On that one one gig. On that one one line. (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, uh, it's uh, you know the, the, musically the the backing track, if you like, is just pretty much the same. But um, the way Freddie sings it, he's what he, you know. As Joe said at the start, his voice is different um, here, as you know, and um, 
he was probably starting to get the nodules in his throat and all that kind of stuff, you know. So obviously it was changing. Um, uh, his voice was more resonant, deeper or something on Rainbow. Whereas here it's, I don't know, more expansive or something. Aye, but, aye. But, it's um, more character. It's more character. It sounds more... Yeah, yeah. It's um, like a guy that's more confident to me. That's uh, what I kind of get Yeah, you can hear more influences in it, more soulful and all that. Um, whereas, <laughs> you know, maybe in Rainbow, it's, it's more just rock, heavy rock, metal, whatever. It's measured, uh, aye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... On, on Liar, on the Hammersmith. He's <laughs> just, he, I, I, I could actually believe he's Satan on that. Absolutely, man. <laughs> when he sings that, you know. I don't know Freddie smoked at this point. Because see, every every 80s interview, you see he's got a fag in his mouth, aye, right? Aye. Whereas, and you see him interviewed in the 70s, he's never got a cigarette in his mouth. Oh, and I, I think, think it's, it's probably been down to more that I yeah. I think he didn't start smoking till like the late maybe like seventy seven somewhere around about there, mm. and I think that's probably got more to do with the, the, the roughness, the, you know, the, yeah. the roughness of his voice coming through, yeah. um, more than nodules like you were saying. They couldn't afford fags, mate. Aye, sure, aye. <laughs> money. They were just no, taking... this point, no, they're John Reed at this point, aye, so they can afford a couple of packets. Maybe he just went mental and went, I can buy all the fags now that you know, I've got some money. And he, just, <laughs> he, was, he was smoking like 20, like 80 a day or something like that. He, <laughs> I had enough said, money to bag 100 fags. <laughs> Shit. I <laughs> <laughs> couldn't could have been, aye. But, aye that, that, that gave me it, right? I, you know, I think that's maybe been a myth that's been going about, but as a yeah, quote, I know it's no, I believe, I mean, it's something I've believed in, and I've not, you know, I mean, that's obviously someone that knows about the voice and, and how all that works. So mm-hmm. fantastic, just, I just, you know, when you hear these wee facts, I think it's good to kind of just, just kind of put them out there and correct things and try and get the absolutely because uh, I believe for years that that was the case yeah. as well. You know? Well, I mean, I mean, regardless of uh, what, what, what caused that. His voice definitely did change. Oh, aye, album to album, actually. More, you know, his voice did yeah. was always slightly different. He's a but, lot, more... yeah. I mean, I, I suppose the material dictates how you sound and all that, but yeah, yeah. but he's what you know, his aye. voice thickened, it got thinner. That you know, it's um, a com- I think it's a combination of uh extensively, you know, roughing does rough your, th- rough your throat up, it does, regardless, you yeah. know. And back then, those guys, you know, it's not like now. I mean, you, you, singers now, including, you know, extreme singers, have warm-ups and stuff. A lot of them do warm-ups. I, I used to do it and then realised it's just pointless because of, you know, how my voice works. But anyway, regardless of that. Um, yeah, the, you know, back then, they probably didn't do what they do now. You know, like, people are really more, a lot more informed now about maintaining your voice and stuff like that. Whereas back in those days, you know, you were fighting against bad PAs, you know, bad front monitor mixes and stuff like that, just so you were having to sing with more force. Um, so that would have ultimately changed his voice, you know what I mean? And uh, for the better, you know, for the better. Aye. I think it's, 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 it's kind of like, it's, it's like got, um, it got that, that, that rasper, more um, aggressive quality, if you want to call it that, later on. But, the, you know, as we said, the, the thickness and the power came with that as well. It's, they started getting, you know, it's, it's amazing yeah. how it happened. You know I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's not, like just a, that it, not just that, like, it got a bit grittier. It got more powerful as well. And, you know, I think I think it's a confidence, weird. definitely a confidence thing. You can see the, like we were talking yeah. about in this show, you can see the difference in him. He's singing with more passion. Um, 
in this show than he is in the rainbow. He's very, he's, he looks very focused when he's singing in the rainbow. He's like, mm-hmm. he's really, yeah. you can see he's really, really, like, he's rooted to the spot when he's doing his thing yeah. and he's really getting in there. He's throwing more shapes in the Odeon show. He's, and, he, and he's singing with more. It's just it's just confidence. I can see it written yeah. out of him. It's just a, a confidence thing. And I think, you you know, the, the, the point you made is obviously <laughs> the, the, the song he wrote has been number one for at that point, probably at that point, maybe about six or seven weeks. And, and you know, he's probably thinking, I'm, 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 look at me, I'm the man, you know. And, and oh, quite aye. so, you know what I mean? So the wind, you're right, that confidence and that cockiness even, you know, is probably... Aye. But well, it makes you better. It makes you. It makes you. As much as it might have been a pain in the ass to be around him at that point, you know, if his head was expanding. <laughs> but, it, it, but it. But it. Ultimately, it led to a, a better frontman stroke singer. You know, because yeah. it, it just became invincible on stage. On stage, you know what I mean? And yeah, that's that. I mean, that is what it is. You know, the guy. The guy yeah. was just the, the master of that shit. That's our our new catchphrase. Isn't it? it is what it is. That's what it Neg- is. Negative t shirts made up with. That's what it is, man. <laughs> uh, totally, man. Um, but, uh, everybody needs to tell, right? That's Paul's, right? So people listen to this. <laughs> they tell us what mine's is and what David's is because I have no idea, but people will probably pick up on these things. <laughs> well, what I was thinking is see, see when uh, we remember I talked about getting rid of my live magic vinyl. I was thinking maybe, um, maybe to, to win it, if you do want to win it, you have to leave us a recording of. The way I open the, the podcast, you've totally tried the accent. The way I deliver it, you know, <laughs> welcome to the lot with a pod screen podcast. You know, oh, I just see, funny, one, and we'll pick the best one, the one that's got the accent, the the, the mm-hmm. crap delivery that I've got, and all that. You know that kind of thing. So maybe that's how we'll, we'll solve that one. Good idea. And then what we'll do is next pod, we'll and tip, we'll do the full full pod in their voice. That'd be quite funny. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. That'd be quite funny, man. Please, I, I, just don't, I just don't want the, the Irish guy, man, because I can do a pretty good English accent, but I can't do an Irish accent, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll butcher that shit. Uh, cool. Um, right, I suppose, I, 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 I don't think there's much more to discuss on this, uh, this, this set, this gig, this release, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's good to get it. It's good to have it official mixed and all that, because, again, as we said before, keep them coming, man. Because I've not done anything for a while now. Um, I know there's other releases going on, you know, the Adam Lambert thing and all that. If it's your bag, fair enough. But I'm talking about these old 70s. Um, the ones that matter. I don't really care about hearing any more 80s stuff, you know, there's plenty out there. But let's get these let's get these 70s gigs out there, man. They were touring like absolute uh, fuck yeah. in the 70s now. So there's loads of, must be loads of tapes out there we can, we can hear. Um, put, I mean, they could put Hyde Park out. I mean, that's something in the can, the whole, the whole film, you know? Yeah. That was Aye, that's true. Really that's true. 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 No, I think it's a, it's a, a good show. I don't think the set list is as good, you know, because like Flick of the Wrist is, isn't in it, you know, and, the, you know, a couple of other crazy. Like, and so quite yeah, like yeah, modern yeah, time yeah. rock and roll, which yeah. I, I love. But I get why they did it. This was getting broadcasted out to the public, so they probably thought yeah. that those songs are maybe a wee bit too much. Um, but I mean, great show. It's Queen in the 70s, man. It's just Queen Live. You, you know what I mean? You're never going to say it was shite, you know what I mean? Oh, no, exactly. You're no. never going to say it was shite ever, so... No. Right. 
Totally. So that was then. Right, okay. Well, that was uh, the Hammersmith gig and um, live at the Odeon. Um, was all right. What did you think, lads? That was, that was all right. That was not bad. Right. Right. Got a bit geeky, it got a bit geeky at the start, but I mean, that's you're right. going to get that when you've got three right. fucking idiots like us talking about guitars and tones and nuances <laughs> of compression and stuff like that. But <laughs> I, think, I think we might have got away with it. Aye, Aye, hopefully. I think so. And then we did it, need, so fuck. Aye, <laughs> free. It's Aye, free. free. I know. I know. It's loads of for charging you for it. Exactly. Fuck's sake, man. I know. So dry your eyes. So you know what? Just unsubscribe from us. Right? Just <laughs> unsubscribe. Right. Piss off. Ah, don't piss off, man. But dry no, your eyes. No, don't. We need. We need that. We need that kind of um, moral support. Validation. Validation that well. We need that. We need that music to live. Come on, yeah, that's exactly. It, Come on, give it to us. That's it, absolutely. <laughs> right, this is clearly just a bunch of nonsense, and we better wrap this up, <laughs> right? So, um, so again, we'll put the the advert. In fact, oh no, before we go, sorry, I know I keep trying to um, do this, um, but um, oh, do we do this next time the the, the festival thing? Because we're going to Joe, you were going to bring it up again. The, or do we leave ah. it for next time? Nah, let's let's do it. Let's do it now, man. Go for it. Right, right. okay. So let's go it, for it. So at the end of this, uh, the end of this uh, podcast, we're going to put the wee castable advert on for you. Uh, if you've not heard it, have a listen and please go and check out the podcast. But um, but Joe's want to ask um, about our. Why is it? I'll, I'll pass it out to you, Joe. You 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 crack on, mate. Well, I mean the listeners as well. Let us know what you're. You know, if you had a festival, we'll just say five bands, right? Just just so it doesn't get stupid, right? Um, so you guys can out there can get involved in this as well, right? Let us know what your top five bands would be to see live if your ultimate your ultimate gig. So we'll we'll give ours just now. Uh, what we think, you know, it may change down the line. But what are you guys, David? What, what are you thinking? What's the... Right. So so Joe brought this up uh, in the previous podcast, and it didn't make the final mix because it kind of caught us off guard with it, and and I think we didn't have time to really kind of digest it and really think about it because these, these things are important, man. Absolutely. So, uh, you've got to get so, it right. So how do we think about it? And how do we think about it? And it's five is bloody hard. It's bloody hard. So I, I came I, I started thinking about um the, the bands that I've seen live that I absolutely love, you know, and they've never let me down and you know, that kind of thing. And I always look forward to seeing them live because not every single band that you're either into or even your favourite bands are necessarily the best live bands. All right, so I can approach it from that angle. So, one of the best bands I've seen live, I've seen them twice, is King Crimson. So they're absolutely in my, my well, not, <laughs> not the most festival-friendly band, I have to say, but, mm-hmm. you know, you get the chairs out and sit down and, you know, but definitely King Crimson in terms of the, the one of the best bands I've seen. Um, sick of it all, New York, New York hardcore punk band. They're <laughs> just absolutely brilliant every time I've seen them. Uh must have seen them about 10 times or something, maybe more. Um, and they're absolutely brilliant every single time. Um, so they're, they're definitely they're definitely in my, my festival. And uh, then I'm going to go Napalm Death because every single yes. time, I can't just like Sickwell, they never let you down. And King Crimson, they never, well, they're not both times I saw them. So um, so I know this is a going, it's like King Crimson and then like hardcore and, you know, grindcore. So that's uh, true. But of course, you've got to think about the bands you've not seen, but you know they're absolutely smoking in Queen. It's got to be. There's yep. just no 
or do we just not include Queen and, and, and you know, is, is that too obvious? Um, include Queen. Queen would be in it, definitely. And it wouldn't necessarily be Queen and the Magic Tour, or, you know, I'd maybe if it was Queen and the Magic Tour, I would actually take them out and put another band in. A wee kind tell, of, teleport wee kind of sneak preview of how I'm going to feel about the, <laughs> the Magic Tour <laughs> gigs. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, let's say, let's say Queen in the 70s. I, I, as Joe said, I wouldn't even care what, what, what part of the 70s it was. Queen in the 70s. So they're in there. Yeah. And the last one, it's because I've actually, I've actually not seen her live and I want to see her live um, for whatever reason. Because she doesn't tour much. Uh, to be honest, and any time she has played, I've just either couldn't go. I think the last time I was aware of playing Scotland was in Vereri Castle, I think it was, and it's Bjork. So yeah. I would, I would. That's another one I've not seen, and I want to see her, um, yeah. and I've not, had the, not had the pleasure yet. So two bands I want to see. I know one of them I'll never see, <laughs> but yeah. um, and and three bands I absolutely love to watch live. So Paul, Paul, ooh. So I'm I'm going to use the same criteria as David. Bands that I've seen live that never let you do blah blah blah, and I'll agree with him on King Crimson because I've been there the two times he's been there, and that band is as musicians are absolutely untouchable. Um, and in fact, in any era of King Crimson, they're untouchable. Um, doesn't matter when. Um, so King Crimson. Uh. I would go with Faith No More. I've seen them a few times over the years. Good choice. Uh, yeah, uh, excellent. Su- supporting a flabby, flaccid Dungeon Roses and seen them, you know, uh, at the Barrowlands. I've seen them in the Arches, all that kind of stuff, different places. Great, great band. Um, never let you down. Always a good night. Um, I'm going to, <laughs> this is a slightly um, off kilter one, but um, body count. <laughs> yeah. Ice tea. Good festival absolute, band, right enough. Good festival uh, band. Yeah. Right? I, I, I th- th- see, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about my uh, crowd and yeah. Um, <laughs> body, body count, ice tea. Um, you talk about great front men. We, we spoke about Freddie, you know, ice tea, just. Incredible frontman. Doesn't matter where he's playing, he could be playing a, a toilet, a dive bar somewhere. He'll have everyone up and, and, and getting into it. Um, so that's the. Um, I have to choose, I have to go with a big band um, that I've never seen. Um, I've seen Roger Waters and I've seen uh, Dave Gilmer, but I haven't seen Pink Floyd, so I'll stick them in there. And. My final band, I'd, I'd probably have to go, well, of course, I'd, I'd, I'd need to go with Queen, <laughs> Queen in the 70s, like like, like David, um, they've got to be in there, so there's my five. It's a nice, nice uh, line-up there, mate. <laughs> um, well, Body some... count and Queen together at last. Count queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Um, right, for me, Queen... 1979, that period, yeah. because at that yeah, point, great, all, all their best stuff, yeah. aye, great tour, and the, the wealth of albums that they had at that point, so the set list would have been insane. Uh, so Queen, 1979, 1980, um, then Slayer, um, but 
only like you know first time he saw Slayer was ninety three or four. Oh, uh, ninety four, yeah. Ninety four. Machine. And machine uh, supporting. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. right. Uh, and yeah. Slayer, I think Slayer's one of the bands I've seen the most. I think I've seen Slayer about six or seven times. Uh, and you know, as much as they're, they're kind of later on albums that I don't really care about, um, they were they were always phenomenal live. You know, especially when Jeff Hanneman was still alive, man. So I'd say Queen in the seventies, Slayer when Jeff Hanneman was still alive. Then I would say uh, Dillinger Escape Plan mm. because uh, the, it's just unhuman. That it's just the, the the technicality or the music they play and the, the live show is is like oh, man. Like anybody listening to this, right? Google or not Google, but YouTube Dillinger Escape Plan live uh, HMV. Watch that, even if you don't like the music, but just watch that because they're the most intense band. I mean, David, you've seen them as well, man. Um, nah, no, it's like nothing you'll ever see, and, and the music is so unbelievably chaotic and tight and yeah. like technically played, but they're just chaos. But anyway, so Dillinger as well. Um, oh, it's starting to get tricky now, man. Um, I suppose they pick up an older band, I suppose Queen's an older band, isn't it? Um, Pink Floyd, I would go with Pink Floyd yeah. as well, definitely. But obviously, you know, we, I'd love to see them at like kind of wall time somewhere around about there, you know what I mean? Again, because you've got all their back catalogue at that point, stuff like that. Uh, Pink Floyd and, oh man, Sick of It All would probably be there as well, man. David, yeah. I agree with you, Sick of It All. I, I would go with Sick of It All because you need, just need that hardcore kick in the balls, man. Yeah, and, uh, it makes you feel great, doesn't it? And they're, just... they're, they're, they're awesome live band, man. Like unbelievable energy, great. I know people watching, uh, listening to this will be like, "Who are these bands?" But um, but yeah, well, that, 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 would, that would be mine. A nice eclectic mix, you know. Like, like, totally, man. I think I'd definitely, you know, I'd definitely extend that five out and given some of your oh, choices, aye. you know, down to an escape plan, absolutely phenomenal live band, Faith No More, oh, fucking fantastic, aye, you know amazing, what I mean? Aye, and aye. Floyd as well, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying, you know, ask me an hour later and it might change a wee oh, bit, aye. you know what I mean? I mean, that's the thing, you know, so. One of the best bands I've ever seen live for just like absolutely just looking at the stage going, I, I can't actually believe that sounds the way it does was Alice in Chains. And just oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like it just like they had the sound down. They, they sonically sounded amazing. The vocal harmonies that we spoke about Queen and stuff had been amazing. Yeah. Like all their vocal harmonies were so unbelievably spot on. So that, that I mean, I, we like we like so much different types of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's impossible. But obviously that that aye, it's impossible. But that would be the ones that come to the top of my mind. Aye, you know? no good choices, man. So. um Aye, I'm assuming they've switched up by this point. Then <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, no, that's cool. Um, no, it's um, I don't know. Maybe one day we'll 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 do a week kind of um, podcast just on just look. We're just going to self indulge in our favourite bands and talk about them for, for for an hour or two, and then just you know you, you can listen to it if you want. You can not listen yeah. to it if you don't worry. Um, but it's your podcast, and like I said, we'll do what we want. But no, no, we'll, we'll keep it queen. We'll keep it queen most of the time, if not all the time. Um, but no, yeah, so thanks for listening, and uh, I guess we're going to tackle the big one, the big the big live Killers album. Uh, the big the people, live, live the people's favourite. Aye, the people's favourite, you're right, Paul, 52% of the vote. 
Uh, so aye, so Live Killers next, and uh, it's a double album, so lots of songs to get into. So I think there's there's quite a lot of songs that we'll extract out of that, the ones that we've not already talked about on these two. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, aye, we'll catch you on that one. So uh, take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll see you on that one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello and welcome to Castable. This is a brand new podcast where we get amazing guests to come and pitch their dream music festival. I'm Matt Hoss and I'm the host. I'll be there to interview, to analyse and get to the depths of why they think their music festival is the best. We're going to be talking about music, camping and why we love the music that we do. It's a podcast looking at the things we love and why we love them. Download Castable today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Podbean. Join the festival today.